Betches Media presents Betches Moms with hosts Aileen Drexler and Brittany Levine. Get ready to lock yourself in the bathroom or wherever else you hide from your kids because you'll literally never be alone again. Hello and welcome to the Betches Moms podcast. I'm Aileen. And I'm Brittany. And today we have an amazing guest. We have Sarah Merrill Hall, aka Big Kid Problems, also podcast host of Big Kid Problems and Bottle Service. Welcome to Betches Mom, Sarah. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you guys. We can't wait. It's going to be fun. You were on our Betches Brides podcast before, right? Yes, we've we've been on a journey together. <laughs> I was on Becky's yeah. Brides a couple times because we did like right. a pre-COVID episode. We did like a post-COVID episode, and and it wasn't that long ago. I got married what eight nine months ago, and here we are, super wow. pregnant. Yeah, now you're on to the super ne- pregnant next phase of life. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. I guess on wedding and being pregnant. <laughs> how yeah. how pregnant are you? Okay, so today I actually entered the third trimester. I'm on my 28th week, officially. Congrats. And this is your first pregnancy. First pregnancy. I'm not going to assume, just asking. (laughs) Yeah, first pregnancy, first baby, um, first time going through this. And oh, wow. (laughs) 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 I am learning a lot. (laughs) How have you been feeling? What's it been like? It's been pretty terrible, to be honest. Um, I've had, like, I... I was somebody who always was like, I was excited to get pregnant. Like, I was really Mm -hmm. excited to be pregnant. I thought I would love it. Um, I'm like, I thought I would have like a super healthy pregnancy and I would eat like a kale salad and go to like yoga. (laughs) Everyone thinks that, yeah. Yeah, and like (laughs) it completely knocked me on my ass. Like from like the week week I found out I was pregnant. I've just, it it totally looks different than what I thought I was walking into. I've had a really Mm -hmm. rough pregnancy. I was super sick for the first four months, like could not get off the couch. Mm-hmm. Um, my second trimester has been a little bit better, um, mm-hmm. but still everyone's like, oh, you're in the golden age of pregnancy in your second <laughs> trimester. And I was like still pretty miserable <laughs> every day, experienced a lot of like pains. I had to like start physical therapy, oh, regular wow. therapy, like all kinds of stuff. So I've just been knocked on my ass by this. Um, well, wasn't expecting it. What kind of pain? Like where are you? struggling um everywhere uh, <laughs> whole body physical therapy full, full body and mentally struggling but in my body what was really weird and I actually forgot that I had this is um I I had really bad I had bad scoliosis growing up but I've done mm. I used to go to physical therapy as a teenager and then like I do yoga really regularly so it's always been under control and I've never really mm-hmm. like felt it in 15 years carrying this pregnancy it all started acting up again. Like I'm carrying my weight on like one side and not the other and um, started getting like really terrible, terrible, like shooting back pains in my second trimester, which were like debilitating, which is why I started physical therapy. Uh But yeah, just a lot, like one thing after the other, like I got through morning sickness and then it was like lots of crying and then it was the back pain and now it's it's just a mess guys it's a mess I'm sorry (laughs) to hear that that's not easy but you're at the home stretch you're almost there yes the third trimester (laughs) isn't that funny (laughs) I know everyone is scary I know everyone has warned me they're like the third trimester like I in a lot of ways I'm I'm feeling like oh my god I only have you know three 
three and a half months left, whatever it is, I guess it's three months. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, that feels really short. Like I, I have so much to do in those mm-hmm. three months. And then everyone uh-huh. tells me it goes by really, really slow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they said slow because I agree, right? Like It does go by slow, but then it happens and you're like, oh, that went by really fast. Right. In <laughs> retrospect. Yeah. It's quick. You also, because you move really slow and like your brain moves really slow. <laughs> so everything feels like in slow motion. And then like... Just, just the moving is just really cumbersome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's talk about big kid problems. Let's move backwards. <laughs> when did you start it? What's the deal? What was the, why, what was the inspo behind it? Tell yeah. Well, it's so funny because like I actually relate to Betches so much. Big kid problems kind of started around the same time Betches did, which was just, it was me in my uh, sorority basement in college like, um, I used to read the Betches blog when I would be <laughs> procrastinating funny. from finals, you know, and then I I basically just started on Twitter. Like, I started just putting out, like, funny, snarky tweets, and then it kind of grew around my campus. But basically, the whole idea is um, similar to you guys, but I, I really just wanted to, like, make snarky comments about, like, that particular stage of life. And I, I chose big kid problems because I was, like, entering, about to enter the adult world, getting ready to graduate college. And still felt like a kid. I'm like, nobody, like, I feel very unprepared to graduate yeah. and, like, enter the real world. So started it on Twitter. Um, it kind of got popular around my college campus, which was, like, so fun. And I, it was completely anonymous. Like, nobody knew it was me. So mm-hmm. I, I was just saying, like, the most, like, outlandish shit. And I, like, had a platform all of a sudden. It was so fun. And um, kept doing it into my young adulthood. So Big Kid Problems has kind of like followed me through my early 20s, my mid 20s, my early 30s, um, and through like all different stages of life, which has been really fun. Obviously moved it to Instagram. Instagram is like the platform that kind of really took off. Started a podcast a couple years ago because really when I when I when I turned 30, I started one of the things I always do like when I I put up content every day on Big Kid Problems and a lot of the times I'm like oh I don't want to just post for me I also want to post I don't want to like alienate you know early 20s viewers so I'll go back in time I'll look at some of my old tweets and repurpose them and I started mm-hmm. looking at some of my old tweets and I was like oh there's like so much advice I'd want to give like my 23 year old self who's like tweeting about going through like a breakup or like being ghosted yeah. and there's like so much I'd want to tell her so I started the podcast to kind of like share a little bit of life wisdom, take like a big kid problem each week and bring in experts and do all of that fun stuff. Um, so the platform's just kind of grown um, over time. And then when I got married, I did a lot of wedding stuff. And then when it came to pregnancy, I was like, there is so much here. <laughs> there is so much to talk yeah. about that I, I wanted yeah. to completely like start an entirely new podcast which is why I did bottle service. So did you decide that you wanted to do bottle service once you were already pregnant? It was or an idea. Know? It was it was actually an idea I had before I got pregnant. I was like, because I knew my husband and I started trying. And when I started just like dipping my toe into, you know, the world of like fertility and like conception and all of the like tricks mm-hmm. and all of this stuff that you, like it was just an, an entirely different world I didn't know existed right. and didn't know about and there's so much information so I kind of I had the idea for the podcast and I was like the day that I look at a, pro- a positive pregnancy test I'm gonna pick up my microphone and start recording this podcast which in hindsight 
was like the most insane idea ever because like who wants to start a huge project like the day they get pregnant um right but also it's like kind of a good idea because you're so excited and you want to tell everybody about it and what better way to do that than on a podcast right that is that is true and it was um the first like 14 episodes like I I didn't tell anybody I was pregnant for a long time and I I couldn't really share Mm -hmm. the news because I was so Mm -hmm. nervous you know I'm in my I'm 33 I'm like a little bit older than you know like a lot of people who might be at least my mom was telling me like you better be careful like you're an older pregnancy I don't think so yeah I'm 33 trust me I'm like I'm like (laughs) I feel like nowadays that's like basically being a teen mom you know but like yeah you know when our parents generation my mom's like I was done having kids by 30 (laughs) oh my right my mom says the same thing yeah. Did you wait? So you said you picked up the mic when you got a positive pregnancy test. Are you exaggerating, or did you really start sharing that like first trimester? Yeah. Or did no, you I, just start I, recording? I then started and then recording. It post. Yes. First trimester. So I started recording, and the whole idea was I wanted to like share my experience week by week. So that was like I found out it was week four basically because when you find mm-hmm. out you're pregnant, you're already right. technically four weeks pregnant. So I started from that week, and I. I shared my experience, but then I also wanted to, like, I love every week that I'm pregnant, like, checking all my apps and seeing, like, what's happening with baby, like, what's going on in your body. Like, there's so much information. So I also wanted to, like, give that every week, give a little bit um, of information for everybody, and then also share, like, what I was actually going through. So that was kind of the layout of the podcast. And, yeah, I literally, I looked at these positive pregnancy tests, and I was like, okay, time to start. Let's do this. My first episode. Start a new show. Yeah, my first episode, by the way, was so like I sound like a like I'm I'm a robot. Like I'm basically completely shell shocked in that first episode. I'm like <laughs> listening to it back. It's so funny. Has anything like surprised you? Like, are you because you knew you said you were miserable? Um, so besides like being so sick, was there anything else that that surprised you about yourself going through it? So many things. I mean, honestly, like the whole the whole process has been like so surprising to me. I feel like I I thought I would have handled everything better. I've just been kind of a nightmare, (laughs) (laughs) to be honest, like not handling not handling everything well and just have been like a, a bucket of emotions, like a huge like so anxious. I really yeah. thought I would I would get a better grasp on things and as soon as I start to feel like I'm getting the whole the hang of things, like a new week comes and a new challenge comes and I, you know, totally. start growing more and it's just yeah, didn't handle it well. I will say I'm trying to think of like some of the things that really surprised me. Um I I feel like a lot of, when I found out I was pregnant, I thought I thought I would have more time. Like I thought that was kind of like the idea when I when we first started trying. I was like, I, I didn't feel completely ready to be pregnant right when we started trying. I was just like, this is probably going to take a while. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, you know, I don't have to be ready right this moment because I'm going to have nine months of pregnancy to get ready for this baby. And I didn't realize that like the second you find out you're pregnant, basically your whole life changes. <laughs> like your whole life is different from that moment on and like – you can't do a lot of things. You have to change yeah. a lot of your lifestyle. 
And I didn't realize that, like, the second you find out you're pregnant, like, shit, shit gets real. <laughs> real, real. So true. I also think part of it is when you, when you get pregnant, especially for the first time, it's hard to imagine what your life is going to be like, even for the next nine months, because you yeah. don't know what to expect from pregnancy. And then you really don't know what to expect from being a parent. So that, oh so like in retrospect, like thinking about it, you kind of are just like left in this place of like, I don't know what's coming. I don't know. Like, right. And I also have to say that like being, I, I've just, I just had my first kid like five months ago. I only feel like I'm realizing now that I can do some of the things that I did pre-pregnancy. Right. Like I felt like I was in this like protective bubble mm -hmm. for so long. I don't know if you guys felt that way. I did. But then now I'm starting to sort of realize, oh, I'm like kind of still Aileen pre-baby. Yeah. <laughs> like it just was such like a, it's an identity shift, but now totally. on the, I don't know. <laughs> okay, that, that's good to hear. You're five months in and you're starting to feel like your old self. Yeah, just starting. Okay. <laughs> You definitely, you definitely are still your same person. You just become like a better version of yourself. Yeah, sure. With a child. <laughs> Whatever you say, Brittany. <laughs> better, more anxious. Just it's a lot more. There's just so much more to do. So many more things to think about. Are you, do you have like a plan? Like, do you have things that you are thinking about, about like parenting? Or are you just taking pregnancy like day by day? To be honest, like this whole pregnancy, I've been like, I've just been in survival mode. I'm like every day, yeah. let me wake up. Every day I woke, wake up in this pregnancy, I'm like, oh my God, I have another day that I have to go through this. <laughs> like, literally, well, I mean, a lot I've of been, people don't talk about that pregnancy is very difficult. It's always like very romanticized mm -hmm. and like this beautiful, ethereal, pregnant woman with like leaves around my nipples. <laughs> like, I just, but like it is really hard. And like, the first yeah. three, four months, you're, you could be puking every day all over yourself and crying. Yep. You, but are you planning anything for like your, do you have a birth plan? Are you doing anything to prepare now that you've entered your third trimester? Yeah. So now, I mean, now that I've entered my third trimester, I kind of had like, I started taking stock and being like, oh crap, like I have three months left and I really haven't done any of this prep stuff. And people, because especially because I do a pregnancy podcast, I get a lot of people in my DMs like, what do you recommend for your registry or what breast pump are you using or like asking like very detailed questions. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like I haven't looked at any of this. So I just have kind of started the process of like, I just hired a doula to help me work on my oh. birth plan and um, have been started to, starting to like read a little bit more up on like birth and what to do when baby comes here. Cause that's been like, that's been one of my biggest anxieties recently is realizing that I'm going to be holding my baby in like a couple months and responsible for this human life. <laughs> and I have no fucking clue, like anything to do with babies. Like I yeah. I don't, I don't fuck with babies. <laughs> what like, I, haven't, I haven't fucked with babies in a really, really long time. So like, I'm like, how do you hold this thing? So I'm starting to now prep. <laughs> yeah. And you know, all those things come so naturally. And I think also, even if like you held a baby, baby before, it's so much different when it's your own child, you'll just feel comfortable and you'll just automatically know what to do in that sense like okay I know I'm holding the baby correctly but like everything else everything is definitely a learning experience um but one thing I was actually I thought was really interesting I was listening to your latest episode and you mentioned hypnobirthing mm -hmm. so 
Is that something that you plan on doing? And like, what is that? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) But I had it it recommended to me just as like, um, just to try to get more comfortable with with birth. So hypnobirthing is a, a, a book and let me be clear, I did not read the full book. I did the Blinkist version, which is like, okay. they basically, it's like an audio of like 15 minutes, basically explaining like the big, the biggest concepts of the book. Okay. So, I, you know, I basically <laughs> did the Cliff Notes version of this, but um, it, 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 the, the whole point of hypnobirthing is like talking about like more natural childbirth and how okay. our bodies, our, our bodies are physically are built for this you know like before doctors before we all went to hospitals like our our bodies intuitively know what to do and hypnobirthing mm-hmm. is a lot about getting in tune with your body and doing it in a natural way um i i definitely want to incorporate some of those concepts and just like i think knowing that your body knows what to do is just kind of a, a nice um reminder that you know you don't have to like have a stranglehold on knowing everything about birth and trying to do yeah. all your research and being super stressed about it. Like I, I like the kind of concepts behind that of just like trying to relax and ease into it. Um, but I fully plan on like getting an epidural maybe. <laughs> like I, yeah. I definitely did twice. Yeah. yeah, no, I definitely did. After going through it, I, I mean, the hypnobirth thing is interesting. I do, I also sort of just like left it up to my doctors. My mom's an OBGYN. She was there in the room doing a lot of work <laughs> that um whatever you can listen to my birth birthing story but I feel like I kind of I wanted to read a little bit more because if my mom had not been there um I would I wish I knew a little bit more about the whole process so that I could have advocated for myself yeah if she wasn't mm. there yeah so but I but I do agree that like your body for a lot of the I mean sometimes it doesn't really know what to do yeah <laughs> well <laughs> there's a lot of intervention sometimes no yeah. but it does I no I do like the idea though of, and I feel like I've said this before um, on our podcast that you're like where you said you our bodies know what to do like the woman's body has been doing this since the beginning of time this isn't new yeah like there's nothing that we need to overthink. Because what if we are in the case where maybe there does need to be some intervention, our bodies will still be fine and, you know, you're going to be in a hospital setting and doctors know what to do. And right. I think it's like it was very relaxing for me to say I trust my body and I know that everything's going to be fine because, like, millions of women do this every day. Right. So Quaj, let's shift gears for a second. So you have obviously have a big Instagram account and you're, you're very vocal about like how you're feeling and what you're, so how do you feel about like sharing or have you thought about sharing photos and of your kid on social or are you going to take it again day by day? Um, I, I definitely like, I feel like I will. The only thing is, um, you know, my platform isn't really completely about motherhood like that's just that is just like one phase of my life that is a new phase of life that I want to incorporate into my account but I definitely like don't want to also overstep because I know a lot of people I I, trust me I get the comments on on a lot of the things I do post about uh, uh being pregnant and people are like 
where are the memes? Like, give me the memes. Like, they don't, <laughs> yeah, like they people don't demanding care. memes. <laughs> totally, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, um, so I'll, I'll still, I'll incorporate, I'm sure, my baby into it. And I love, like, I feel like Reels is such, like, a fun way to, to do that. And then on my, my personal account will probably be turned into, like, a fan account for my, <laughs> for my baby. Because right now yeah. it's, like, about my dog. But he's going to be, he's going to be overstaged soon. <laughs> yeah, he might be pushed to the side a little bit. So you are comfortable with sharing like photos and information just about your journey. Yeah. With motherhood. Yeah. 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 I get why like some celebrities probably aren't super comfortable, but like I don't think anyone's like, you know, gonna right. go after you know, I'm not I'm not super concerned about it. But I do I do yeah. kind of what you guys were saying too, like there hasn't been a lot we all kind of came into pregnancy thinking that this was gonna be like this joyous, easy uh, breezy time and I think it's really important that people do share some of their more yeah. real experiences and I'm sure post-birth I'm gonna have some problems too you know um, it's probably <laughs> not gonna be easy either so I, I think it's great that more people um, are talking about this and being open about it because it makes you it makes other people going through it feel less alone yeah, agree. Yeah. So another thing you've been talking about on your podcast is your mental health um, and that you actually found yourself with perinatal depression. Could you tell us more about that and how you've been dealing with it? Yeah, I mean, talk about like surprises in pregnancy. Uh, I had heard about postpartum depression. Like that's something I yeah. was prepared, you know, to have conversations about or I knew was a thing. I had no idea that you could experience those same um, reactions, that same issues that happen in postpartum in prenatal. I had no mm-hmm. idea that was a thing. I mm-hmm. just, I just, all of a sudden, it felt like I fell off of a cliff. I remember it very clearly. It was week 18 of pregnancy, and I went from like functioning, well, functioning ish, <laughs> ish, to just in a deep, dark hole. And it happened almost with a snap of my fingers where I uh, was very depressed all of a sudden. And it was really scary. It was really, really scary. And I started Googling it. Um, I actually, I actually pretty quickly, uh, I recognized, because I actually talk a lot about mental health um, on my Big Kid Problems podcast too. I bring Mm -hmm. in all kinds of experts about that. So I recognized immediately, I'm like, these thoughts that I'm having are not good. Um, Mm -hmm. this is not my normal, this is not how I normally operate. Um, Mm -hmm. I had recently moved to Nashville, so I didn't have a therapist, but I found a therapist right away, um, and was able to get in an appointment right away and told them like, look, I'm pregnant. I'm experiencing like these horrible, this horrible emotions and like feeling very, very overwhelmed. They got me in immediately. And my, and my therapist was the one who told me, she's like, this is actually a thing that can completely happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's called perinatal depression. It's very similar to what people experience in postpartum. It has a lot to do with hormones. Um, right. I've actually I've actually heard that a lot of uh, about eleven percent of women will experience it starting at week eighteen. There's something that goes oh, on wow. in your hormones at that week. Um, so it is something that people go through, and I had I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is, is once you know that you have something like this, there's a lot yeah. that you can do about it. So I was glad that I caught it as early as I did. Can I ask you, like, what 
or I don't know if you feel comfortable, like what kind of horrible thoughts, like just for in case anybody's listening who is experiencing maybe some negative um, emotions and they're in the same place but didn't know that there could be something called perinatal depression. Like what, could you just illustrate what yes. that was like? I actually think that's a really good question because all of us, I think everyone going through pregnancy is going to experience a level of anxiety, some mm-hmm. negative thoughts. I mean, you're going through a huge life transition. Mm-hmm. These thoughts were different and that they were like almost debilitating overwhelm. Like I kind of mentioned waking up every morning and kind of being like, oh God, I have to start another day pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Like, ugh. This was me waking up in the morning and just tears, like full crying. And I'm not a crier. Like I'm, uh-huh. I'm definitely not a crier and I would just be inconsolable just the thought of having to get my feet out of bed and get up Mm -hmm. and like do my day um really just feeling very very over overwhelmed um Uh the thought that like really kind of triggered me to be like I need to go seek help immediately was just being in like literally being in my shower and then feeling so horrible for my baby like feeling like I was just like holding my stomach being like I'm so sorry that I'm your mom I'm so sorry that like I like I'm going through this and I know I know the the physical response that stress does to your body and I know I'm bringing Mm -hmm, it to my baby um and I'm putting him through this so I was just like I'm so sorry that you you're stuck with me and that I'm your mom and I felt I was just beside myself like inconsolable crying and I was like this isn't this isn't good, yeah. you know, like yeah, we really need horrible. to, we need to do something about this ASAP. Thank you for sharing yeah, that with you. us. Um, so ha- how long did that last? And like, how did you, do you feel out of it now? Is it, did it, or are you still sort of feeling like have lingering feelings? That's what's really weird about this whole thing is I went through that mm-hmm. like really horrible dark period for four days. It was, oh, wow. Um, it was, it was a blip, you know, like it, but, um, which was very, very strange. I have experienced like a much lower grade depression through it, like where I've, I've been, you know, sad and have been not able to be as excited as I would like to be during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, but a much lower grade. And I think that is because I, I took a lot of steps um, like really quickly. Um, one of them being starting therapy, Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gave me a lot of tools where like, okay, we need to attack this like mentally, physically. Um, I just started doing a lot of stuff to help myself get out of it. So I have, mm-hmm. I have not been back to that really dark place since those, yeah. we- those earlier weeks of pregnancy. But I mean, I still, I still deal with like a degree of it, just not okay. as bad. Did any doctor, like, because, I mean, you said it's, like, hormone imbalances. Like, I'm sure it's, like, this depletion of, like, all happy um, feelings in your head. Um, does Did any doctor at any point, like, consider medication or anything like that? Was that a discussion? Yes. That was part of the conversation right away because of the yeah. degree of how bad um, I was doing. Right. Uh, my, and, and I, it was a relief to me to know that that was an option. You know, my doctor was like, look, if you continue to feel the way that you do, we're going to get you on meds. Like we're going to get you Mm -hmm. on medication. She told me about SSRIs, which Mm -hmm. I, you know, have never 
had done in, or experienced or tried in the past, so I didn't really know yeah. much about them. She and and I'm I'm somebody who's like kind of a weird hippie in a way. Like I don't even like taking Tylenol when I'm hungover. <laughs> like I, I'm just like more of like an all natural person. So I was really yeah. reluctant to to try any medication. And she explained to me like how it works, how it's pretty mild, um, and how it wouldn't have side effects on my baby or anything like that. So it was it was definitely like good. For me to know, okay, mm-hmm. I have a get out of jail free card if I need yeah. it. Yeah. Um, what we kind of decided was we were going to monitor how I did in a month. You know, like where she's like, we, we don't have to start you right away. We can kind of, you know, this just started happening. We can kind of see what happens. So one one of the things I've been doing throughout my pregnancy ever since is really monitoring my moods. Um, when I do have like a pretty low day, I mark it on mm-hmm. my calendar. I can then at the end of the month see like, what the percentage is like what how am i am i feeling bad am i feeling crappy like the majority of the month or is Mm -hmm. it really only like a week so that's been helpful and sometimes that week feels so much work like makes the whole month feel uh, it feels like forever like those negative emotions so that's a that's a good tip like for anybody who is feeling like those things is just to monitor and like mark it down so you can see it in like the context of a whole Um, yeah did that help you like yeah, that it definitely helped put into perspective. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not depressed a hundred percent of the time. Like, it really is a couple days of the month. Mm-hmm. And then what's interesting too is you can look at the days that you you're feeling like really low and be like, what What did I do? What What did I do the day before? What did I mm-hmm. do this day? Did I do anything mm-hmm. to help me get out of it? You know, like um. So I started kind of realizing what was working and what what was working against me. One of the things that was wor- really working against me was lack of sleep. Like I would notice if I got a really bad night's sleep, um, you know, yeah. the next day or the day after, I would start to feel really low again. So getting my like sleep under control was like a big thing that helped. Um, I noticed that when I would work out because. At this stage in pregnancy, like I, the last thing I wanted to do was work out at all. <laughs> like I, like getting up totally. and walking my dog was like the worst. You know, I didn't even want to walk my dog around the block. Like I just couldn't get up. Yeah. So um, I noticed that working out had like a profound impact on my mental state. So that was something I was like, okay, I got to get my ass up. I got to get in a car. Mm-hmm. I got to go to class three di- three times a week, even if I really, really don't want to. So tracking it like really kind of helped me not only see how bad things were and and know if I needed to progress to a medication, but also understand like what worked and what didn't. I think it's all really great advice. Um, just like seeing being able to know how you can help yourself and like the things that are your, that you're doing and to know that those things are actually making an impact or not. So for anybody listening, I think yeah. these are great. And also tools. something you can carry into postpartum because that, yeah. that <laughs> really, there are so many crazy, like talking about the swings of high and low, like it's so, and it feel that's why I was saying like I spoke, speaking from experience, like when the really low mm-hmm. days happen, it feels like it's been the whole month. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that I think if I had done that, like monitored a little bit more, I feel like I would have felt... I'm speaking like it was forever ago. It was like two weeks ago. <laughs> like I would have felt a little bit better. But yeah. it feels so overwhelming yeah. when it's like just because it. it feels like there's nothing else that you can focus on. Just like how well, you feel helpless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm so glad you're feeling a little bit better and you Same. found tools that pulled you a little bit out of it. And you saw like 
working out helps. I've, I see that working out really, it's crazy how hard it is to make yourself go, but like how mm-hmm. much of a positive impact it has. Everybody should try. I need to start working out again because I have yet to start working out since I've had Jack. It's hard. It's hard to get yourself to move. Thank you for sharing all that. Really appreciate that. I think that is going to help a lot of our audience. And I think it's really important for us to talk about that, especially since you said that you never heard of perinatal anxiety or depression and so I we do need to talk about that more for sure yeah since, since I shared it on yeah. my podcast so many women reached out to me they're like I went through my entire pregnancy and I had no idea that I had that and I did like they mm-hmm. like listened I listed off like a bunch of the like clinical uh symptoms and so many people were like I had no idea that I, I went through my entire pregnancy going yeah. with prenatal or perinatal depression and had I known that it was a thing that I, I had it and that I could have treated it, like it would have changed months yeah. of my life, you know? Yeah. So I think right. it is good that people know it's a thing. Yes. What can I say one yeah. more thing about it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, two more things. One, one of the biggest things I learned about it is that if you do experience uh, perinatal earlier in pregnancy, that you are more inclined to experience p- postpartum. Mm-hmm. So that's yes. just like something that like I didn't know that I'm like preparing for. I'm like, I, I know I might be in for a rude awakening <laughs> in a couple months, yeah. but I, at least I know that I can kind of prepare and like look right. out for signs again. And then the other thing, and this is something I shared in my episode and a lot of people responded to, which is why I would want to share it here, is one of the hardest steps that I took to help myself. Um, but I think it's one of the best things you can do is like tell your partner about it. Because a lot of women go through this and they they are either embarrassed or don't know that they have it and don't explain right. it to their husbands or their partners. Um, and it was kind of an awkward conversation. Like I didn't really want to tell uh, my my husband Brandon, like, "Hey, look, like I I might have this this thing, and it affects me yeah. and it affects our baby." Mm-hmm. But it was really it was a really important conversation. Um, and once he was like, I had no idea. He's like, I thought you were just kind of going through like what everybody goes through. And he mm-hmm. was now it, it made me feel a lot less alone um, yeah. that he was like on board and like could help me kind of go through it, too. Like that was a, that was a huge thing. Definitely. Like support is so important. So important to have that support. I think that's great advice. Did you um, did, did he like take it? Was it when you said it was awkward? Like, wow, how is it awkward? <laughs> It's just, it's tough because I think um, I've gone through this too with him. I experience like a general anxiety and he doesn't, you know, like he doesn't have mm-hmm. like the same like issue, like mental health issues that I do. So yeah. it's kind of hard to explain like why, like why you're acting the way you are or right. what's going on to somebody who doesn't experience it. So yeah. That was kind of the challenge. I was like, look, like, this is why I think it's it's more serious. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's an overwhelming feeling. Like, he's like, but everything's good. Like, we, you know, we're, yeah. we're doing so well. They and I'm like, no, it. like, yeah. it has nothing to do with, like, the outside world. Like, he's like, am I doing anything wrong? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this is just something that's happening mm-hmm. in my brain mm-hmm. that uh, I'm, you know, we just, I, I if we're going to make decisions, like I want them to be together. Like if I'm going to start a medication, like I want you to know about it. I want you to know, like, you know, like it was just, it was just good to kind of get him a better understanding. Cause like he just didn't, he doesn't, he didn't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of partners will probably 
it's hard for probably any partner to understand like any degree of what we're going I'm through. Sure. You know? And it's like, Pregnancy I'm sure a mixed itself. emotion too. Could do be like, I don't know what to make of this information. Like, how do I also like, how do I answer her or without judgment? And like, but I'm also afraid of the kid. Like, I'm sure it's like a, a hard convo, but I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming it was so, it was a relief to have that. For sure. And that was one of the things he's like, what yeah. do you want me to do to help you? And I was like, you know, it was just, it's just something that it's a good answer. It's a good evolves. answer, <laughs> Brandon. Yeah, and it, it's like it's something that has evolved like monthly because it changes monthly. Yeah. I'm like, I need you to like give me like long ass massages because it like helps yeah. me, you know, like not like the three second, <laughs> yeah. you know. So it's just it's good for them to know. Yeah. Well, Definitely. thank you so much for sharing again. As Brittany said, that's it's. I'm sure it's going to go a long way, especially for our audience. Let's do a Go Ask Your Mom segment. Go Ask Your Mother. It's a listener email of the week. We'll read it and we'll hopefully give our listeners some advice. I'm a first time mom to be still very early on. So I haven't shared with anyone. I find myself constantly worrying. I'm going to have a miscarriage. People say miscarriage is so common and it doesn't predict your fertility, but the common idea has me worried. Does this ever go away? I feel like I think everything is a bad sign. Stomach cramps, the fact I still have energy, that my stress is bad for the baby. In my mind, I think it will get easier once I get to my first ultrasound, but is that naive? Did you ever feel secure in your pregnancy? Sincerely worried and frantic bitch. <laughs> Sarah, what do you what do you think? Um, I experienced this too. Um, like mm -hmm. I mentioned, I'm in I'm in my mid 30s. I've actually had a bunch of my girlfriends have miscarriages in the last year. Like we're all mm -hmm. kind of in this this age group, so I was really, I was really nervous and I didn't want to tell anyone either um, mm -hmm. until I think it's week 12 that they're like, that's, it's like either week, I think it's week 12. Yeah. It's um, like week 12. You're like technically, it's after your, you get your, um, what is it? Like I don't the, remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> I <know. laughs> and so I, so actually there's a really good book, um, Expect Better by Emily Oster that put me at ease a lot because she used a lot of statistics and a lot of numbers to kind of walk through like week by week your chance of miscarriage and like you can see there after a certain week like you're pretty you're pretty good you know mm -hmm. so after week 12 I felt a lot better by week 14 like it, to answer her question yes it goes away the early stages are are a little scary and a little dicey but after a certain mm -hmm. week amount it it's it, it really does dissipate and you're going to be so focused on some of the other things that are going on. That, uh, yeah. The new things that happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt this, I felt the same. Like I felt extreme anxiety about it. I think it goes away mostly when you feel kicking, mm -hmm. like around 20 mm. or something weeks. Um, because before that, you think that everything is a sign you were waiting for the next mm -hmm. ultrasound. Like just, even when you even, because she says it'll ease when I get my first ultrasound. I think just. Without, without knowing what's happening in there, like visually at any point, I think there's anxiety. So you just kind of, I like the book idea. That's a really, having more knowledge is definitely mm -hmm. like just, yeah, is, is good. But I think when you start to feel it, um, whatever, the baby, um, yes. that's kind of 
there's more security yeah. in that. I agree. 100%. I felt the same way. I think I actually, it's funny because I was more naive with my first pregnancy. I felt like I had a lot more, a lot less information. Um, or I was like, I don't know. I just knew a lot less. And maybe, mm-hmm. I, and also because when I was pregnant with Jack, my second, I was doing moms. So, and running the Betches Moms account. So I feel like I was listening to every type of story and Mm -hmm. there was just like crazy things and I'm the type of person who has crazy anxiety so with my second pregnancy I definitely carried that anxiety toward like closer to the end but being so naive with my first once I hit 12 weeks I was like I'm good (laughs) we're having a baby less education work for you for me yeah (laughs) I felt yeah but but then in the sense you have the proper information where it's like I think I was just I heard too many stories and I'm not trying to scare anyone. It's just more because I was on the end of like this mom's podcast where you have literally every single type of person Mm -hmm. sending in their stories. Whereas like I didn't have that with my first. Yeah. Well, worried and frantic batch. Everything you're feeling is normal. It may not go away, but it also could go away. Um, But you are very much with a huge group of people who feel the same way. So yeah. Um, we feel you, but, um, that is it for our go ask your, go ask your mom segment. I have to say it like that. It has um, to be said like that. <laughs> you can send your email to moms at betches.com or you can DM us betches moms on Instagram at betches moms. Again, it's moms, M O M S. That's a plural mother at betches.com. Thank you so much, Sarah. This Thank has you. been so fun. Um, we wish you so much luck. So much this luck. It's going to be amazing. Third trimester. Um, thank you guys we're gonna follow closely along (laughs) so excited for you um so where can everybody find your podcasts uh, your instagram tell it all yes um if you want some laughs plus some additional pregnancy content come hang out (laughs) on big kid problems on instagram big kid big kid problems i can't tell you how many times people (laughs) mess that up um i also have the big kid problems podcast and now bottle service with big kid problems, which is a lot of fun. Like I said, I'm kind of going week by week. But what's cool is, um, you know, you can kind of start it if you want to listen to it all the way through, or you can start it at whatever week you're at. So if you're, yeah. I, I get a lot of people who are like new to the show that are like, I'm on week five. Um, but we, yeah, that is you know, fun. It's, it's easy to follow. Uh, but yeah, hang, come hang out with me there. Well, that's great. Everyone, go follow or- Sarah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, wait, I have so many Where more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also am on my personal Instagram, Sarah Merrill underscore Hall, which um, is a little bit more about my life. Like I have to, I have to be careful about sharing too much about my life because like I said, people get annoyed on making problems, but um, you can also hang out with me on my personal all right. Well, that's where you can find Sarah. And um, that is it for this episode of Betches Moms. Please, guys, don't forget to rate our show. Give us a review and subscribe on Apple and Spotify. And um, follow Betcha's Moms on Instagram. Like, why not? Like, I know you watch our videos. Just press follow. And you can follow me at Aileen. Brittany, again, is a private human being. And (laughs) remember, there are no rules on this podcast. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom, right, Regina? Please stop talking. 
The Betches Moms podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Social media by Brittany Levine. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Moms on Instagram and send us your emails to moms at betches.com. Betches.